0: Your business is managing well in a turbulent environment, but what do you do when an opportunity for growth appears? Is it worth the investment risk? How do you balance the business growth with survival and the rising customer expectations across multiple markets? I'm Pip Marlowe, CEO of Australia and New Zealand for Salesforce and your host today for the Future of Business Now podcast. This is one in a series of short podcasts where we're speaking to industry leaders about the major hurdles organizations face in today's business environment. We're delving into challenges, opportunities, and the responses in the short, medium, and long-term. The aim here is to lift the tide for everyone who shares the same opportunities and challenges. Joining me at points along this business journey of exploration is Australian TV personality, radio presenter and businessman, Russell Howcroft. Together, we'll explore central themes for business success, including customer experience, business transformation, accelerating value, IT transformation, employee engagement, and business growth. Today, Russell is joined by Katrina Constis, a powerhouse and a true Australian financial services success story after pay. Katrina's sharing her views on business growth, building competitive advantage, and taking risks for success while growing your business at scale and at pace. I'm really looking forward to hearing from her. Let's hand it over to Russell to take us through it.
1: Thank you again, Pip. Placing the customer at the center of business success, this podcast will delve into how to build competitive advantage and differentiation locally and globally through the best customer experiences and a single source of truth delivered at market scale and pace. At the same time, We'll look at achieving the balance in delivering responsible collective outcomes for both your business and the customers you serve.
2: Making sure that product innovation and the way in which we're digitizing um, and improving our service offering um, remains absolutely key. You know making things easier for both consumers and merchants uh, is really key to the success here.
1: I'm Russell Howcroft and to discuss business growth today I'm joined by Katrina Constas. Katrina, is Sales Director at Afterpay in Australia and New Zealand, a leader in the rapidly growing space of buy now, pay later credit. Welcome, Katrina.
2: Thank you so much. Really great to chat with you, Russell.
1: Well, we're wrapped that you're here with us. We've been having a lot of fun on these podcasts, learning a lot, actually. I personally have been learning a lot, and we certainly hope our listeners have as well. We want to hear more about you, Katrina, of course, um, and we want to hear about Afterpay. Uh, what an unbelievable success story. Now, when was Afterpay uh, created?
2: Well, it was created uh, six years ago um, by, uh, by Nick Molnar, who was uh, back then 25 years old, uh, and his neighbour, um, the now Afterpay CEO, Anthony Eisen. You know, they were neighbours. Uh, Nick had this, um, this idea off the back of, of GFC um, that um, you, you know, there needed to be some kind of a solve for being able to, to spend without getting into debt. Uh, and so the, um, the notion and the idea of Afterpay came about. Um, he spoke to his neighbour about it, um, worked out a way to, to, to be able to get the funding and build the, um, the solution. And, um, and here we are today, six years later.
1: Tell us about the Afterpay business model.
2: Well, the the business model is really based on enabling consumers to spend and having you know, innovative ways of being able to um, to, to pay back in installments. Um, so the way that the the model works is that um, we we charge retailers. Um, or the opportunity to offer customers an interest-free installment plan uh, and you provide the consumer an opportunity to split the purchase over four multiple fortnightly payments. And so uh, it's it's a really simple model, uh, it, uh, it doesn't charge the consumer anything, um, you know, similar to uh, the way in which uh, merchants operate, they pay an equivalent uh, fee or a merchant fee um, for uh, the transaction. And uh, and you know with that model we've been able to continue uh, the growth of that business uh, growing and, and expanding globally uh, and really it has um, you know been able to prove that that operating model um, really does allow for some incredible growth and in scale for Afterpay uh, it, it is really built on the relationships we have with merchants and, and ability to to serve up merchants to our consumers you know our consumers are um, you know, very uh, in tune with. Uh, various brands. Um, they're looking for, for new ways to, to spend. And so for, for Afterpay, um, you know, our ability to influence that really comes through the Afterpay app or being able to get online and being able to to serve merchants up um, through our, our, our shop directory portal. And I think, you know, that really does provide a wonderful exposure for, for businesses, uh, small and large.
1: So 2020 has been pretty horrendous. Um at a global level, um, and in many instances at a personal level as well. Um, Business, however, or some business, however, has done incredibly well. My assumption is that Afterpay has had a great 2020.
2: Look, it's, it's been a, a really, it's been a tough year, but it's been a strong year. You know, in the last year, uh, we've achieved, you know, close to 10 million active customers globally. Um, that's sort of doubling the size of, of the, of the consumer base. Uh, and certainly seen almost a double, um, in the increase of sales on, on last year. And I think as you look at the current climate, it certainly has, um, it's, it's been slightly in a fortuitous right because what we've seen is that there has been a significant shift to e-commerce. You know that was already happening across the younger generation of shoppers, but certainly um, you know we're seeing that continue to grow. Uh, and we've also seen a significant grow or a growth of um, of preference to to debit um, type of spending versus credit. Uh, and we, we certainly know that sort of the younger shoppers uh, have sh- have shown an aversion to credit previously, and you know that they're not interested in debt, they're not interested in interest, they're not interested in excessive fees. Uh, and so, by virtue of that, I think the afterpay solution has been um, has you know has been able to uh, really capitalize on that um, and being able to, to 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 make it a lot more appealing uh, in terms of uh, ways in which people can actually spend um, wisely.
1: So can I ask you to um, unbundle trust? Um, so in the world of after, uh, clearly after pay is trusted. People are using it. 10 million people around the world are using it. But if I said to you, oh, what, what what are the elements that make up trust in after pay? What, what would you say those elements are?
2: Uh, it's a good question. It's, um, you know, for us, I think when it comes to our consumers, uh, and when it comes to product innovation, you know, that it goes hand in hand. And the reality is our, um, our, our demographic of, of our consumers being, uh, the younger millennial, um, Gen Zs, you know, they're incredibly focused on, um, on, on digital and, and, and product innovation and technology. And it's really important to keep in line with what they're after and, and, and being able to adapt to their needs. Um, you, we have to remember that, um, you know, for, for, for this type of, of, um, of generations, um, you know, they, they grew up in a, in a very digital oriented way. And I think, you know, for us, making sure that, that product innovation and the way in which we're digitizing um, and improving our service offering um, remains absolutely key. Um, on, on the merchant side of the business, I think, you know, being able to adapt to the way in which merchants operate, you know, not every merchant uh, is, is you know, has transformed their, their business uh, digitally. And so I think it's making sure that you're, you're certainly in line and, and being able to um, to guide them and to, to help influence um, their progression as well. So I think, um, you know, making things easier for both consumers and merchants uh, is really key to the success here.
1: Uh, tell us about some actions that you can apply, or that you can advise people to apply in order just to grab those growth opportunities. Give us some, you know, actions.
2: Yeah. So, so look, I I go back to my uh, my marketing roots and my um you know the fundamentals of of you know number one is just making sure that you can understand your customer, uh you know so you know making sure that you're researching that you've you've got as much data and, and insights and being able to to understand and identify their needs. I think that's sort of you know the first thing. Um, I think secondly, it's around making sure that uh, the product or the service that you are delivering is, is really in tune with their needs. It, it's about, you know, making sure that you're remaining relevant, making sure that you've got um, an offering that creates that demand and, and more importantly, that you're able to, to build a relationship um, with these customers. Uh, I think that innovation and, and, and evolution and, and you know, even challenging the status quo, right? Like Being able to drive that change is, is really key. Um, and then lastly I, I'd, I'd say that that it really comes down to people um, and it's the people that, that you recruit and it's the talent that you bring in and it's it's a way in which that you can you know drive um, you know your people to, to become advocates and become ambassadors um, for your brand. I think that's also quite key as, as you look at being able to capitalise upon growth opportunities. And I think, um, you know, the um, the fusion of, of, of those three areas, I think, uh, would be the, the top actions I'd, I'd probably recommend to, to businesses today.
1: So um, let's have a little game. So um, Katrina, you've just got a phone call. Uh, you've got a phone call from um, Nick and or Anthony, perhaps both of them. The um, the afterpay founders Nick and Anthony they have said Katrina have you got a sec please and you walk in there into the office and they say look uh, you yeah, we've been we've been growing pretty well but actually we we want 10x growth uh, we're not happy we need to grow a whole lot more what would your answer to that question be
2: do you know what Russell this happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the ten times growth, um, you know, is is asked of you, um, you know, uh, consistently. But you know, the, the reality is, um, for for us, that the, the number one thing for us to to, to really accelerate that growth is around betting down our, our, our processes and resourcing. I think, you know, finding, um, you know, the right people, the right structure, being able to get things done uh, quickly um, is really going to be key. And I think, you know, for us to, to be able to deliver that 10 times growth, um, you know, you've got, you've got to take a, a bit of a chance and a bit of a gamble and you've got to invest wisely. So um, I think uh, that certainly would be uh, my, my advice.
1: So Katrina, clearly, clearly um, Afterpay is growing at an insane pace Um, and the speed of that growth must mean you are continuously looking at at, at the horizon, probably horizon one, two and three. Um, But in doing so, you may actually miss out on the opportunities that are in the here and now. So how do you split your time? How do you concentrate on the present whilst also having an eye to the future?
2: Well, I think it's it's about uh ensuring that you're, you're you're focused on the future in terms of you know new new ways in which you can engage your consumers and but and, and that's based on, on the needs that they have. And so, you know, for Afterpay, uh it's it's evolving, right? It's the evolution of things like loyalty, it's um it's presenting opportunities for them. <laughs> Excuse me, it's presenting opportunities for them um to to dabble in, in banking, for example, and being able to offer a suite of, of payment solutions for your, for your customers, for your consumers. Um, but really you cannot lose sight of the present and the now and that is really based upon what customers are wanting, what they're needing, um, and being able to deliver that and package it in a way um, that is consumable to them in, in the way in which they, they'd like to consume it. So I think you've got to strike that balance between satisfying the current need but also looking forward and continuing to evolve um, and invest um, and, and like I said previously, challenging that status quo of what is it that we're going to need to to differentiate ourselves in the future because competition is rife and, you know, there are, I keep joking, saying a lot of copycats out there, but really it does boil down to the fact that, um, you know, Afterpay does have a very strong brand um, it, it, it You know, it resonates with consumers really well, but, um, but we've got to continue to invest in that and we've got to continue to listen to our customers and really be able to deliver on their needs ongoing.
1: So you must have an amazing amount of data on customers, clearly you would, and you can communicate to them at will. I'm wondering how much effort you put into uh how much is too much how much is too little i mean the nuances there presumably you can do that on a customer by a customer basis
2: well you can i mean i think that the beauty about afterpay is that it has a, a direct relationship with our, our consumers um, but it has a direct relationship with with our merchants and so by virtue of that um, we are able to see um, and analyze uh, where customers are spending the frequency with which they spend um, you know we're able to really determine uh, the impact for for merchants in particular around how much of that that basket size is increasing and that that average order value um, and it's 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 amazing to be able to then dissect and analyze um, that data and, and and insights and be able to use it to um, to serve up the relevant offers to consumers that you know that is going to be, um, you know, what they're expecting to see from us. Um, I also think that, you know, with our, our relationship with our, our merchants, uh, it's really important to give them some level of visibility as to uh, the customers that they have and, and their spending patterns. And I think, you know, there's there's certainly a, a huge role that Data and Insights play uh, when it comes to the way in which, uh, you know, Afterpay delivers value to both, to both merchants as well as to our consumers.
1: You must be at the forefront of AI, my assumption Katrina, that you are, heavily engaged with what AI can do for efficiency, of course, but also that one-to-one communication to customers. My assumption is that AI is playing a role.
2: It is definitely playing a role uh, and, I, and, you know, that's such a growing and evolving part of, of business and technology, right? So it's um, there's still, I, I think, you know, some way for a lot of um, uh Payments and technology companies to go in terms of how they're um, they're able to harness AI um, and being able to um, to facilitate uh, and service customers more effectively. Um, but I think certainly you know our journey has you know we're well into that journey and, and continue to. Continuing to evolve, particularly as we're growing and, and embarking on new markets. You know, we're we're um, we're featured in, the, in in the US. We're in Canada. We're expanding to Europe. Looking at Asia. Um, I think it's inevitable that you know to remain competitive, you've got to invest in the technology, and and, and AI plays a significant role in that.
1: So that incredible growth that you've been working on and, and participating in and enjoying, that must mean mistakes get made. It must mean that you're failing. Imagine. Maybe, maybe occasionally, um, and it must mean that you guys deal with risk. I think maybe in a particularly powerful way. So, can you tell us a little more about just balancing all those elements—the risk, the the well, the likelihood that failure may come, making mistakes, generating growth.
2: Yeah. Look, I think I think with any business um, or any venture, uh, you know, firstly growth and and the speed of, of, of the growth um, certainly that we've seen at Afterpay um, has has certainly need to be balanced with the level of risk. Um, and we took a huge gamble um, with the Afterpay model uh, when it was first developed um, and a huge risk because effectively uh, when you make a transaction. Uh, after pay pays the merchant, uh, and then um, we collect that payment from from customers from consumers uh, over the next, you know, four installments. And there's certainly a level of risk that needs to be taken with that because we can't necessarily guarantee. That um, that a consumer is is going to be paying us, um, but I, I think um, you know over time we've continued to to evolve models and, and you know, the risk models that we've invested in globally um, have mean that have meant that we've um, continued to make some fantastic headway in being able to to minimise uh, exposure. Um, but look, for me, risk is is beyond just that 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 monetary risk. I think when you're faced with uncertainty, and, and certainly as we look at um, whether it's, it's what we're facing in COVID, um, and you, you make decisions, um, they, they, they may result in, in failure. And I, you know, I can tell you certainly we have made mistakes. Um, and I think we, you know, one of the, the things that, um, I always um, retained actually back from um, um, from a, a previous our CEO at, um, at American Express, um, Ken Chenault, um, had talked about failure and, and something that's always um, remained with me is is that you know it, it's okay to fail, but if you're going to fail, you fail fast. And um, and I think that's something that um, is definitely evident uh, at Afterpay. It's um it's it's an environment where um, you know piloting and and trialing initiatives as as test and learn. Uh, is is encouraged, um, and it's also critical. Um, but I think you know what certainly uh, remains fundamental is the ability to uh, to ensure that you've got some really clear communication um, within within teams, um, within the ways in which processes are, are actioned. Um, but being also you know able to acknowledge failures, acknowledge learnings, and and communicating these effectively. So I think you know. For any any type of business, um, whether it is you know in, in rapid growth or in, or in you know steady growth, I think you know you've got to balance that 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 risk, um, the, the failure, and, and accepting that you know there are going to be mistakes that you make along the way. But it's what you take from them um, and and what you're doing about them um, to ensure that that continued growth moving forward. Some
1: quick questions for you, Katrina, if you're up for that. So, what's been a good habit you've developed? During the COVID year of two thousand and twenty,
2: I'd have to say I've become more selective with who I spend my time with. Uh, you know, selectively spending more time with those that are closest to you um, has probably been the one good habit. I think previously you um, you tend to you know just not farm yourself out, but you kind of distribute yourself yourself quite thinly. But um, I think one of the habits is you. You are investing a lot more time in um, in relationships with your with your family and and with your closest. So um, that's really been the best habit that's come out of this.
1: Like that. So time is precious. Value it. Love it. How about a bad habit?
2: Oh, I have to say, you know, since working from home um, has become the norm, the merging of work and life with um with no bookends, I think that's probably been the the worst habit. Where uh, days have become longer. Um, yeah, they they become more hazy, and you you forget which day of the week it is, and um, and what you know, is it a weekend, is it a weekday?
1: <laughs> yeah, and that may well be one of the drivers for us all getting back into the office. I think. What's the craziest? Yeah, what's the craziest purchase you've made during COVID?
2: Oh, the craziest, but also the best purchase I made um, was I. Uh, it sounds cliche, but I, I got a puppy. Um, so um, I, it's been on my um, my to do to buy list for, for a very long time. And just given the fact that we are at home, um, I um, I did uh, uh, invest in bringing home a new best friend. So super fantastic.
1: Happy. And what's his or her name?
2: Uh, his name is Hugo. Nice. Um, favorite book. Um, my favourite book, I, I, I read um, fiction uh, for pleasure and my all-time favourite books, um, and again, I'm cringing as I say it, but I'm also proud to say that I love the Harry Potter series. I, um, I read them time and again. Um, it's something that, uh, you know, over the years I've just found, it's such a, a wonderful form of escapism for me. So um, that's um, that's my um, my little favorite outlet
1: so other than hugo um what else do you do to switch off
2: i'm an outdoors uh, buff i love being uh outdoors um walking I've, I, I live close to centennial park here in sydney um so being able to be at the park or on the coastal walk uh you know being close by the water i think that's certainly my, my form of escapism
1: today i was joined by katrina Constas, sales director at afterpay in australia and new zealand thanks katrina
2: Thank you so much. Really great to chat with you, Russell.
1: It's been just great to dig into your insights and new perspectives on the topic of how to achieve business growth at scale and pace and how to take your customers on that journey, particularly in the challenging times businesses in ANZ face today. For more content, tools, and customer stories on business growth, please visit the Salesforce Business Growth landing page. You can find it at sfdc.co forward slash b growth that's sfdc.co forward slash b growth we'd also welcome your thoughts and feedback on everything you've heard today so please do take a few minutes to share by emailing us at podcast at salesforce.com that's podcast at salesforce.com join us for our next episode to discover more about the future of business now brought to you by salesforce my name is russell Harcroft. And I look forward to speaking again soon.
0: Wow, Russell and Katrina, what an incredible episode of the Future of Business Now podcast. You really helped us look at business growth and how to balance success with survival. I always find it fascinating the different definitions of customers and really you shone a light on a very different perspective today. Afterpay's customers are the merchants versus so many of us are thinking about customers as end users. I hope you found it insightful too and I look forward to your virtual company on our next podcast brought to you by Salesforce. As Russell said, please visit our website dedicated to this discussion on business growth at sfdc.co forward slash begrowth where you'll find more great insights and resources. My name is Pip Marlowe and I look forward to speaking to you again on the future of business now.